Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi guys, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. Today we are talking about something that I usually don't like talking about, but it's so important. Money. I know. I hate talking money. I know. Have you guys had discussions with your kids about money? So we have in my house and Mm -hmm. thanks to my very money conscious hubby, my kids and I have a much better understanding of it. Studies have shown that children who, who are not taught good money habits at a young age pay the consequences for a lifetime. And with a majority of schools offering little in the way of financial education, it's fallen to parents to ensure their children start off on the right foot. I know that in school, I was never taught about money. And then my dad died, who was our finance guy. And so I really wasn't taught it, which is why money is scary to me. So this is why I'm so excited to introduce my friend, Jim DeCatano, who is president of Diamond Wealth Advisors. He's author of the highly acclaimed children's book, Larry the Bunny Saves His Money, as well as the book for adults, The Fruitful Retirement. So Jim, welcome to the show. Welcome, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me, Ashley. So happy to have you. So like full transparency, I like money has scared me um, for majority of my life. After my dad died when I was 11, he was our finance guy. And my mom really, like, God bless her, did not do the finances. And so I was really never taught about money until I married my husband, Mike. Thank God now we've been together for three <laughs> years. And he has, like, helped me get a much better understanding of it. So really right. excited to dive into this conversation. Before we talk about Larry the Bunny and all your amazing advice for kids, can you tell our audience a little bit about you, your background, and how you came to be a finance expert? Uh, sure. I, I've always been good with with numbers uh, very early on. Uh, actually, very interesting. Now that I have a, a, a son who's kindergarten and my daughter's in second grade, um, I went back. My mom kept all of my stuff from kindergarten through high school. And I went back and looked to see like what we were doing back then compared to what they're doing now. And they actually had tests back then that still that compared you to the national average in assessments. And I was like 99.9%, you know, on math. And it actually suggested what you should do for a living, ironically, in second grade. And it said you should be an accountant or something in in second grade. It was very interesting. And I just saw this this past summer when I was looking at it. And and I just always enjoyed math. And uh, I so I studied accounting in, in college. I went out in the accounting world. And it's just, I really get energy of establishing relationships, working with people. And I ended up in the corporate world doing some accounting and finance for a while, but eventually just knew that I, I, I really wanted to make an impact, at least in, in as much as we all can here in our own little worlds, uh, through working with families and helping them make decisions that are smart to help them for their lives so they can actually spend their time not focusing and worrying about money, but focusing on their purpose and their goals and their family and doing what they're here to do. So I, I got in this wor- in this business just because we all have our God-given talents. Mm-hmm. Numbers happen to be mine. And I just am more of an extrovert. I like working with people. And so those two, those two gifts that God gave me kind of moved me into this world. So I, I founded Diamond Wealth Advisors after a decade of working with another firm, being one of their top advisors in the country. I just came to the final conclusion that sometimes large firms focus on firms and not the clients. Oh yeah, and I agree with that. I could not get around certain conflicts of interest without 
starting my own firm and, and uh, having the flexibility to do it how I thought was in the client's best interest. And that's what we did with Diamond Wealth Advisors. Well, I think that if I would show you my assessment from second grade, it would say, do anything except stuff with math. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> well, what's so and funny I- is that's my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter hates math. My son is really good at it. He's in kindergarten, hasn't taught it, and he knows numbers where my my daughter doesn't even know it. So it's so it's so funny. She is an artist. She is like her mama. There you She's go. Very creative, uh, and I love her for it. Uh, but she does not like math, just like you, Anna. And yeah. her name is Anna. So oh, there you go. The, there you go. Uh, it must everything. be a name thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it takes all of us. It takes all of us to bring beauty into the world. So I really yes. do think also math is a gift. Like I, it's not yes. my gift. If I had taken that assessment, they would have been like, "Oh, you should. Your job should be a dreamer with your head in the Absolutely. cloud." Because like that's <laughs> yes. where I'm at. But then my daughter. We just had her. My third grade daughter. We just had her parent-teacher conference yesterday, and the teacher said to us, she goes, so I think Kate's better at math than I am. She's in third grade. She's, like, on a fifth-grade math level, and she's like, I can't keep up with her. And I was like, yeah, I can't keep up either, so what can I do to be challenging her? Because she wants to do algebra, and I'm like, no. But, so, but, like, this kind of goes to, like, what I wanted to talk to you about, Jim, was really, like, having those conversations with our kids about money. Like for me, after my dad died, money was really scary because it wasn't talked about. And my mom was kind of lost. Like can't blame her. Well, I'm sure your mom was scared as well. She was scared as well. I mean, she suddenly lost her husband and like had to take care of a lot of other things, also finances. Um, And so for me growing up, I had this kind of like scary, after my dad died, like the scary outlook on money, like money is scary. So it wasn't really talked about in my house. But now fast forward, like we do make it a conversation in my house. My husband marched all three of our little kids to the bank and showed them how to open bank accounts and how to have savings accounts. Yep. So like, I just like, where do you start when you want to have a conversation with your kids about money and like how young should you be starting? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, it depends where you're at. I mean, if, if, if you're a a new parent that has a, uh, a baby or a one-year-old, I don't think they're going to really understand. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Um, but you know, I have a kindergartner and and a second grade, like I I said, Ashley and Anna, and, and we've been talking about money for a couple of years. Uh, it has been shown statistically that, that, over 90% of our habits are formed by age seven. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Over 90% of our habits by age seven. And uh, honestly, nowadays I look around and I don't even know if I could call many of the people out there that are that are supposed to be called adults, adults, because they use childlike behavior, right? They're That's arguing true. with each yes. other, they're yes. fighting, they're using words, yeah. they're, you know, it's pride, anger, hate, it's all, you know. So I'm like, okay. Our habits early on in life that we learn, you know, we're being programmed or, you know, as at an early age to understand cause and effect, how we see the world, how we learn our language, how we react to touching a, a hot stove or something. I mean, we as as kids, we just learn this stuff. We're looking at our parents. We're looking up to our parents. A part of the conversation today is if you don't have the conversation about money, which it is not the most important thing in life, I will give that to anyone. The most important thing you know, will be defined, you know, by us within us of, of, of how we're living our lives. But, but it really is important because it gives us the ability and flexibility to have that freedom in how we choose to live our lives. And so if you don't do it as a parent, 
then who's going to do it for you? Right. 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 It's not going to be the high schools. You, you might study finance or accounting and then you understand. But if not, then you're left to the world and the environment. What's that going to be? Well, it is going to be a consumer driven spend yeah. now, yeah. don't save later. And it ends up in debt and ends up in, in, in depression sometimes and divorce there. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a, a high amount of divorce that comes from money. So when do you start talking mm -hmm. about with your kids? Everyone knows their kids a little bit, uh, you know, uh, better than, than maybe they you might know someone else's kids. So it could be as early as age three statistics have shown that as early mm -hmm. as age three, some kids get it. Some don't till they're five or six or seven or eight. You can get an understanding of your kids in their development. But the point is they see you paying for things. They see you taking out your credit card, you know, buying yeah. pizza, going out. You can just open up that conversation. Right. right. And so you say, well, when do you kind of start talking about immediately? Unless even if they're one or two years old, that doesn't mean you could not read them a book that yeah. they would look at the cool pictures and stuff like that. And actually it's the reason why I wrote Larry, the bunny saves his money. I being in the finance world, ladies, I had the same concern. Mm. I understand money, but I'm like, well, how do I teach it to my kids? So I started reading all these books on the brain and how it works. And then I, it, it just hit me. I'm like, well, you know, you sit down at night, every night to read to your kids. Why not just read them a book? Right. It's cute. Yeah. And, and, and kind of has some fun things, you know, mine happens to be about a bunny. And so, oh, I like the cute little bunny. The kids like it, but they're still hearing it, right? They yeah. hear it enough times, right? What is it? 20 times it starts to become a habit. 60, it's ingrained in your neural pathways. To be an expert, you have to do or hear something 10,000 times to be a master at it. Well, so, it's interesting that you say that yeah. though, Jim, because um, reading a book about a bunny saving his money makes it fun. And that's really what's important to any kid, they don't understand that when they're learned that they're having fun, they're actually learning. So that is key yeah. is to make it fun. And I don't know that for me, it was ever fun because I grew up in a very traditional household and my parents did the money. I come from a family where everybody can do numbers except me. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> everybody can do numbers. And now I'm in charge of the, the family bills and all that stuff. But I will say that my kids do understand, have a better sense of understanding of money than I ever did until I was way into my twenties. And I think that not mm -hmm. learning how to do it now, you're right. You know, society puts that, let's go out and spend, spend, spend. And if you've mm -hmm. never been told yeah. about money, you've never been told or taught. And I mean, I was, I was, I just didn't like mm -hmm. it. I was taught. I just didn't like it. It wasn't fun for me. Cause like I said, I, I didn't pass the math assessment in second grade, but, um, but it's very important. I will say that in Fairfax County and my kids are older than ashes. So she hasn't gone through this yet. I will say that in Fairfax County in eighth grade, you do have to take a personal finance course. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. But we it's didn't have that when no, I was a kid. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. And it's a, it's a huge big deal. It's an entire day of going out and doing different types of things with, learning about money That's but we didn't have that when i was growing up and ash grew up in fairfax county too and didn't have that so yeah i hope that things well, you are hit kind a of evolving special you hit you hit a comment about playing yeah. anna that i do want to talk about i have this this um kind of mantra that is very easy for any parent to remember to teach their kids at any age about money mm -hmm. delay it play it say it and by goodness you know you better display it so uh, when you look at those three or four steps, depending how you view it, 
uh, delay it. Uh, the reason people are financially successful, and I've found through thousands of appointments and financial plans over the years, is their behavior. That is the yeah. overwhelming reason, ladies, that that uh, uh, someone is successful financially. And so th that behavior means they have the ability, if you think about this, to delay current gratification for the future. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You can you can say, I don't want to pay for, I, I would love to have this article of clothing. I would love to have this, this, this car or whatever, but I'm going to hold off because it doesn't necessarily fit in my finances right now. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so we all have a finite amount to, to be able to spend depending on our economic uh, situation. And so um, as parents, here's what's so cool as parents, all we have to do is just teach our kids discipline and patience. And it, mm. it gives them the skills necessary that you can turn them on to be able to be successful investors and savers and 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 be successful financially. So it's actually way easier than you think just doing your normal parenting duties and responsibilities. This world is actually hard to do because I mean kids I know the kids want an iPod. They you know they got their right. iPads and they're coming yeah. at so many different directions than maybe we were as kids um to be a consumer, right? I want this, yes. I want that. I want I want I want. They want everything yesterday. Um, I laugh because I, I swear when we get gifts, especially when they were a little younger, um, what was inside the box got played with for a day, but the box got played with for a lot. Longer, Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I'm like, so true. All this every time, time every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's delay it. Right. And then play it. Oh my gosh. Like my son loves trucks. So mm -hmm. what do we do? There's a toll road, right? You, you know, you have a toll road for the trucks while well, there, you have to pay through. This is, you know, they're learning the economics. I volunteer mm. for a, something called junior achievement and we teach in early as second grade, how communities are created and how they work. Right. And so they learn that through their play. What my daughter, she's so creative. So you know what we did? Well, she's creating a restaurant. And so the wonderful food she's making, oh, wings, pizza, French fries, right? And she's got this fake little cashier register. So what? she comes up with a name, service is very important, but it costs money. And you know what? Sometimes daddy doesn't have enough money to pay for all these foods. It's mm -hmm. important to know there is a finite amount. We don't have enough because otherwise, if you're teaching your kids that there is no limits or any boundaries, how do you think they will behave down the road? Right. right. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. so, um, you know, that discipline comes into play. So delay it, play it, say it. This is why I wrote the book. Um, and so the, the more you hear something, I mean, gosh, I could write a PhD with what's going in the world right now. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. more you hear something, the, the, the more apt you are for your brain to recognize it and turn it into truth. And so mm. with that being said, you hear it, you know, you mm -hmm. hear it. Like if just as an example, if I told my kids, I love them every day, five times a day, they're going to believe daddy loves them. Of course I yeah. do. But on the other scenario, what if I never told them and I actually said something that was harmful to them that as we know, we don't have to be a psychologist to know that will hurt and harm them in the future. So right. Saying wonderful things that saving is good, saving is important. You got money as gifts. What do you do first? You save it and then you spend it, right? They just, it becomes habitual to them. So that's why I wrote the book. And then the last thing yeah. is um, you better display it because our kids uh, imitate us. They yes. learn by imitation. It yeah. is one of the ways they learn. Uh, and, 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 and so they're going to imitate what we do, how we speak, how we dress, you know, I mean, it's, 
it's so cute when I see my my daughter that just is like a little mini me of my mom of my wife, and and it's just, it, it, you know, it 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 puts love in my heart. But they're going to mm. do that, so we have to be very understanding of our actions and our words in front of our kids. And so, yeah. if our kids see us worrying about finances, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be more concerned if they hear us saying, you know what. I had saved enough money for us to go on this vacation. That's how we're able to go on this vacation, kids, because mommy and daddy saved this, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to make money point. an element of concern. We want to, you know, and I don't necessarily think you need to celebrate it either. You just mm-hmm. want to say, we, you know, we're blessed to have the flexibility because, you know, we saved some of the money we earned and we put it aside to pay our bills, to save. And I say this to, to, to my kids all the time, even though they're only five, five and eight right now, that, you know, when we go on things, this costs money, right. but we've saved money to be able to pay for it. So delay it, play it, say it and display it. So can I ask you, Jim, do sure. you think you said something about, you know, your kids, um, with their with, with the iPads and you know just just everything around there's so, so much more um as children we were always targeted you know I remember growing up and watching the JC Penny you know great big toy catalog that came out at Christmas oh like, yeah but oh, it, yeah. yeah it's so much different now um young kids are really bombarded and you know they do have their devices is that make it i guess i want to ask two questions um does it make it easier or harder to teach about um, about, about savings, just about money in general. And number two, is there a greater imperative? Is it more important now than ever to start teaching something like this? To kids? Um, I, I would say the first question, just because the quantity of opportunities has increased doesn't necessarily mean it's harder, right? Okay. Mm. If something becomes a habit, it becomes a habit, right? Right. Um, you know, there have been, uh, there's many ways that people could invest, could have invested their money throughout history. Um, and there's any, there's way more now than ever. Does that mean more people are actually investing? I, I, I don't know what those numbers say. I think once you create certain habits, those things can stick regardless. It, it, it's like, you know, think about working out, you know, we're talking about physical Mm -hmm. fitness and, and fiscally being fiscally fit, right? Just because there's so many other things out there, does that mean that you're actually going to go to the gym more, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, right? So, I, I, but I do think as parents, um, to your second question, what it does do is it does create a lot of noise for parents to sift through to make sure that the message is there. The message is the message and, and right. that that isn't going to change. I think if you continue to do um, the things that we, it is tough. I can't say I'm perfect at it. And I'm in this business of, of helping educate and guide families to financial mm-hmm. success. Um, so it, it's, they want to see you. I, I'll tell you one thing that is, that is interesting. When I bring and onboard a new client, I, I do something called a path to clarity, uh, a process that we've created internally here. And, and one of the things that, that you ask all these different questions, but one thing I ask is, you know, how did you learn about money, right? Mm. And who did you learn it from? And you know what? It, it opens up this question that I found so find so interesting is like um, kind of a it, 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 psychology and 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 how our our, our minds work, uh, looking at our past. And so most people, I will tell you, 
it will be usually their parents. And not always for the positive. They might look at their parents that are still working and they struggled and they'll be like, you know what? I don't want to be my mom or dad when it comes to money. Yeah. Or I see my parents living a certain life, having flexibility, being able to play with kids. I, how did they do it? I want to do like them and they've taught us. So I always find it fascinating. So I only say that to say for, for, for everyone listening here in the audience, do not discount the impact that you have with regards to money with your kids. Even if you feel like you don't know anything about money, it's okay. Mm. It is common mm -hmm. that one, um, you know, whether it's the, the husband or wife, or if you're in a partner relationship, one of the cup, uh, uh, one person takes control usually of the finance. That's okay. But both people have to understand it because of the unfortunate things like with your dad passing Ashley that, that can occur in life that you mm -hmm. have to plan for it. So mm -hmm. I know I, I totally went away from that question, Anna, but I no, just thought okay. it was important okay. for everyone to hear. Um, yeah, there's a lot of noise out there. And the whole point is just to kind of say, hey, look, saving is good. Like, like I think at different phases, it's important. So just some practical things, you know, five to eight years old, uh, pre-K to second or third grade, savings is, saving money is good. Saving is yeah. good. Saving yeah. is good. That's the cause yeah. and effect, right? Then you start getting a little bit more into stuff and then you can start talking about, they understand, uh, although kids, our kids aren't really going to be using physical money. It's still probably important for them to know a penny and a quarter and a dime, you know, they're, it's going to be a virtual world when they're adults. So, uh, but understanding, and actually that makes it even more important for them to understand because you do not feel the hurt in using a credit card like you do when you use cash. That's true. That's so true. That's very I, true. You know, my, my, uh, as I told you, my kids are older than, than both of yours. So I've, I've been working with, you know, a banks and I chose certain banks, um, for my kids, cool. um, because I think that there are and smaller banks, they have special, um, accounts set up for yeah. kids. Mm -hmm. And so my son has a debit card that is not connected to his savings account he has to like when he does stuff it, it, and there are a lot of different cards out there that do this you have to physically move you can only have x amount of money on your card before mom or dad says go ahead and move yep. more it, and it, I, it's great yep yeah they can get you started with starter i mean that's actually a whole nother conversation anna of, of getting kids that are you know young or should i say young adults Mm -hmm. um, at, uh, credit, building a credit. There's a whole way you can build a credit for young adults, because how do you get a credit if you've never had credit? It's like, how do you right. create it out of thin air? And you know, who's going to give you money, uh, to, to lend you if you have never shown a history of being able to do so. And does it make right. sense for parents mm -hmm. to co-sign? That's a whole nother conversation. But, uh, but one thing I would ask you, did you, um, do any kind of allowance with your kids? So, you know, mm -hmm. once you move up to, 10, 11, 12, and you're in that teenager, I get this asked a lot on allowance. Do, do, do you do that? Um, I didn't, I, I didn't really know, okay. but what I did do was pay them for chores. I paid them to rake the backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, I would buy however many bags there were, that's how much they would be paid. Okay. So um, from early ages, um, my son, who's a huge capitalist, um, has worked, right? And my daughter has always, now my son has actually had jobs since he was 14. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, um, she, she babysits and she pet sits. 
and she is not old enough yet to have the kind of account that my son does. Mm-hmm. So she has an account. She has a bank account, a savings account, and we go and we put the money in there and we keep X amount of money out and we put the rest in there. But we mm-hmm. have to go with her. She's It's not to the mm-hmm. point yet where she can have her own account like that. Um, but no, I never, I never gave them an allowance, but we would pay them for things that we had them do. I think that's great. I don't like the term allowance. Okay. I, I don't. I, I was going to ask you that. Like, yeah. okay. I don't. Ashley, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I had an interview a while back on a TV station that, that they were asking me about, you know, things. And I said, I, I don't like that term. I mean, what we're trying to do is essentially train our kids to be successful adults, right? Mm-hmm. Right. To be, you know, success, uh, uh, productive citizens of society, right? And part of that is handling your money well. I mean, think about it. If we have a whole bunch of people that don't know how to handle money and they're, they're, they're young adults, what's going to happen? We're going to have to pay for them. The system right. has to, to help them. So it is all in everyone's best interest um, to have an idea to basically make sure that you have money for a rainy day, that you put money aside for yourself, you spend within your means, and that's all a behavioral thing. But um, so so it's a behavioral thing. So mentally, how does our world work? We don't We don't live in a socialist world right now. Right. I mean, other countries do and whatever we, we live in a, in a society that that a capitalist society, by definition, is going to have, quote, winners and losers when it comes to money. Right. I could mm-hmm. argue that, you know, being rich and, and wealth has nothing to do with money and is more to do with, you know, what you've created in your relationships in your life. But that's a whole other conversation. What I would say is we our society is built around earning things. Right. And so right. that's more of a, a wages. So what you really did. Anna, is you created a wage situation. Your children mm. had to earn it and you paid them a wage. Mm. I'd rather call it wages because that's what it's called in the real world, right? Okay. If we call an allowance and I bring up my kids to say, you get an allowance just for living here. Well then, okay, let's go through that behavioral thing. When they become adults, what are they going to expect, right? They're going to expect that, well, you know, just for me getting out of college, I should have a, you know, wonderful place to live and have this and have, I think you're setting them up for uh, unrealistic expectations that they're just going to be getting, give being money given to them just for being. And I'm like, that's not mm-hmm. really what our society is set up to be. It's set up to say, you, you have a certain skill, you get paid for that certain skill, albeit all skills are, are paid at a different level. Um, but you do that. So, so, you know, you could actually within that say, there's, here's the, here's the things that are basic responsibilities for living in our household. And I'm dealing with this right now when my wife and I are having conversations, I think right now at the age five and eight, a little too young, but very soon it's going to hit us. And, you know, we're trying to come out, um, with a combined, you know, collaborative approach that we both agree on because, um, we both have to agree on it that says, look, here's your responsibilities for living under our roof. You know, you re- be mm-hmm. respectful of your parents. You say, please. And thank you. You put away, you know, your, 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 your plate after you're done eating. Right. Um, you speak with love to your siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Those kind of things are respectful, but then other things over and above, right? Well, here, you want to do this, you get paid for it. Right. And then, and then that also means you want to go out when you get older and, you know, whatever that may be a movie or, or, or candy or whatever, you're going to pay for it. Right. Um, we pay for vacations and other things like that, but other things that you want over and above, that's why you earn those things and mm-hmm. you will not be given money. You will have earned money based on certain responsibilities that are over and above mm. what we call basic for living in this house. Does that make sense? 
Yes. That does make sense. It's really making me like rethink we've, we've like done chore charts in my house. It hasn't mm-hmm. really stuck and we'll like give them a couple bucks at the end of the week. Yeah. But yeah. just, this is really, and it's like, wow, I want to have a conversation with my husband today. Cause it's making me rethink about like, here are your basic duties, like yeah. responsibilities to be a contributing member of my household. Like yeah. you're not going to get paid to put the dishes away. Right. Yes. You're not, you yes. know, like, but if you want to go and pick up the like bags of gumballs in our backyard and mm-hmm. which is like hours of work, then we'll <laughs> give you money. Like I, I, I get like, it's thank you for this, Jim. Cause it's making me think about like wages and, and really like what their basic, like things that they should be doing without getting paid. And what, and like you said, the over and above. Well, now um, you can take that to the next level when they become teenagers. And what I mean by that is you can actually give them an incentive to save. Yes. By this time, they should have already been saving. They have a bank account. You know, mm-hmm. you put your money in, but you say, look, if you save a dollar, I'll, I'll put another dollar in your bank account up to yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah. Well, okay. that's, that's actually smart. Yeah. That's we how do our that. 401k system works. That's how our system works. So when yeah. they, you want to make, everyone wants change unless it has to be themselves. Let's be honest. Right. I mean, and so what, if you want to put your kid off into the world, and they don't have to do much change because, oh, well, this is, oh, wait, so you're going to give me money. Wait, I put money into a 401k and you're going to match. Oh, my mom and dad used to do that. I did that for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no change that's required for them to behave. Um, they were used to earning for doing something. That's what their wages and their work is. And they're used to saving first and putting away. So. Um, yeah, it's now, now here's the thing I, I, I have to, you know, full disclosure here, Ashley and Anna and all of your wonderful listeners, um, because of the, the age of my kids, while I, we talk about money, I haven't put this into effect with regards to, um, you know, practical, uh, understanding of how it's going to work with the kids. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I do believe that the kids are going to follow if you are, if you are in unison with your partner and say, here's what we're going to do and you stick to it. They'll, they'll they'll come in line and, and and follow with that, but it also means that by the time they're teenagers, if you have kind of been talking about money already, they understand saving. They understand that you know that it, they've been doing that delay gratification because you're doing other things with them. All the pieces will be put together. Delay it, play it, say it, and you've been displaying it in your own life, right? By right. working hard. Like how does mommy and daddy? you know, live in the home, right? How do we do? We work hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we're able to do that. But I'll tell you that the second book coming out with Larry the Bunny is probably going to be, and I've pretty much written it, Larry the Bunny shares his money. Oh, I and love so, that. So nice. while, while Larry's dad, you know, he always remembers the wise words of his dad. Every time you work and get your pay, save two carrots for another day, mm-hmm. which Larry gets paid 10 carrots. So two out of 10 is saving 20% of your pay for emergencies and for the future, right? So the numbers kind of run for adults. If they're reading the book, they can kind of look, but you know, it is also important in our world to understand, and and I'm not talking, this isn't a political conversation of redistributing wealth or any of that. It is a basic conversation of humanity saying we all have difficult times. We go through them and we have to respect that and have empathy. And so when you think of saving, sharing, and spending in that order, sharing is next. And so mom this time, Larry's mom is the one, let's be honest, moms, you know, you, you, yeah. you do have, I'd have to say maybe more empathy. You know, you're the yeah. one that, that is really raised. We're the ones the with kids. heart. Yeah. Being honest, you know, it, it, you, you get no praise for all of the wonderful work that you do for the kids. So 
um, Larry is listening to his mom to say, you know, after you say, you know, share a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that's important too. I can't wait for the next book because I full disclaimer, my kids, my family, we love Larry the Bunny. Larry the Bunny is a favorite in my house. My husband loves reading it to the kids. So I'm really excited to hear there's gonna be another one, Jim. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. I had one more question for you. Sure. Um, you know, for I, I just like felt like there's probably some listeners out there who are like overwhelmed, like, oh my God, I, I have is it too late to start? Like, I haven't done this, yeah. but this is a really good reminder that I need to do this. And so for those parents out there that are like, oh God, it's too late. I've missed the boat. Like, what do you say to them? Oh my gosh. It, it is. There's no time like the present. That's a mm -hmm. great question, Ashley. It, you, you are not too late to start um, in anything in life. Uh, whether it's changing your, your, your habits of, of what you eat, whether it's changing how you work out, um, your 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 whether you don't enjoy what you like doing for a, a living and you want to switch it and do something that gives you greater passion, you can turn and pivot as much as you want. And you, in my view, you're only restricted by your own your your own mental capacity to dream. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that's the same way that we are for our kids, right? If yeah. you aren't going to do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Yeah. Because they will look at you and they want to see you to dream boldly and plan well. And so uh there is no time like the present. Let's say let's say you got um you know a, a son that's that's 18 years old going off to college. That doesn't mean you can't start that conversation now. You can. Yeah. You might have never talked about it. People don't talk about it sometimes because they don't know what to say. Other times because they might be embarrassed. They might yeah. feel that I wish we could have done better. We should have had more. We made some bad decisions. The best way to move forward is to forgive yourself for the past, right? You may yeah. have had mistakes. Okay, move on. You know, yeah. let's, let's get out of our, our, you know, woe is me and just say, you know what? Here's where I am right now. When I look in the mirror five or 10 years, when my kids are looking in their own mirror five or 10 years, where do we want them to be, right? Mm -hmm. You learn from the past, but you quickly forgive it and you move on and say, here's what we're going to do today to focus our, our future of the present. Because, you know, you want, uh, you know, in all reality, you want the, the best of today to be the worst of tomorrow, right? There's a song about yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Wow. So like, that's so beautiful. And it inspiring. is. Yeah. And, like, thank you. I, I just, like, I'm, I'm so happy like to, to have this conversation. And like I said, in the very beginning, like money scares me, but it really is a mindset thing because this, this has actually been a very empowering conversation. I um, think so. And I'm like really motivated now to like, go call my husband afterwards. And be, like, <laughs> we're, we're, like we're doing stuff, but let's do more. Um, for our kids. So thank you, Jim, so much. Tell our listeners where we can find more information out about you and your books. Yeah. So, uh, I have a website, jimdegatano.com. Uh, it's a hard last name to remember, but it's D E G A E T A N O. However, much easier. You can go on Larry, the bunny saves his money.com. Oh, and there you go. Uh, that would be an easier way to go. Larry, the bunny saves his money.com. I have a video on there that talks about why I, I, I wrote the book. Um, I also, for some of you listeners that are, that are thinking at some point about retirement, um, the Fruitful Retirement is a book that I wrote, uh, and it, it really focuses as much not just on financial clarity, but emotional clarity. Mm. Uh, I think that's what it's about. You made yeah. such a, a really good point that you just said about, you know, how, it's a mental state. 
in yeah. a state of mind. And, and that is that is so true, whether you're, you're making a transition from one career to another or a transition out of a career and into your, your, your next phase and chapter of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that's how you could find me. You can buy the book. I hope you like it. Um, feel free if any of your listeners have any personal questions, they can email me. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'd, I'd love to help out in, in any way possible. Oh, thank Amazing, you so much, Jim. Jim. Thank you. This has been yeah. such a great conversation. Really um, so thank you for joining. And listeners, thank you for listening. Hope you learned a lot. I know I did. Um, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Talk to you in two weeks.